Hi, we're Coloring Company. I'm Paige. I'm Christine. And we are still in the book of Genesis. This is our last week in May. So we're going to talk about what we've learned so far, what our questions are, and how we're bringing our kids into the book of Genesis. You know, I feel like you're probably doing a way better job of bringing your kids into the book of Genesis. <laughs> but I actually don't know. And maybe we're both doing really poorly. Mm, could be. Or really well. I don't know. Um, I do think, so Genesis for me has been on the peripheral, which is frustrating because I really want to, you know, continue testing this uh, reading plan that yeah. we're developing here with um the idea of going through the Bible with your kids uh, by by going through the whole narrative throughout the year, not necessarily every single book of the Bible, but going sure. through the Bible's story, the overarching story, and bringing to attention certain things. So, but one of the things that was brought to my attention that I really wanted to hash out and know and understand so I could impart it to my kids whenever we would read Genesis together mm-hmm. was um, in the story of Abraham. He does this twice. He asks Sarah, Sarai, to be um, like kind of in deception with him and, and kind of just leave out the part that you're my wife too. Just tell them that I'm your brother and then right. just forget about the husband part. Because that might make people want to kill me. Yeah. (laughs) So it's funny that she does it both times, right? Um, Seems funny. And the first time, right. Well, the first time is with Pharaoh. And the second time is with Abimelech. And I just learned Abimelech isn't this guy's name. It's a title. Like Hmm. Pharaoh is a title. This is the king of Gerar. Gerar. (laughs) (laughs) Say it. How do you say it? I mean... In English, you would say Gerar because okay. the E makes the G soft, but. Okay. <laughs> I like the things, the, the things you learn homeschooling. Oh, good. Oh, right. All those little, uh, those little unnoticed rules of yes. pronunciation or whatever. Yes. That only like English as a second language speakers understand because they have to work through it okay well that's okay abimelech is a title for that king in the same way pharaoh is oh yeah ruler and i didn't know that so i thought that was interesting and they they i was listening to this study can you hear my son in the background yes yeah he's just like i don't want to (laughs) nap He'll nap. He'll get there. He it'll, wants it'll to. All right. He wants to. <laughs> He's tired. Trust, trust mommy's judgment. <laughs> no, so um, yeah, they they I keep saying they. This um it's not a sermon series, it's like a Bible study. Mm, um yeah. that I'm listening to. Yeah. Uh just to kind of uh get some different insights through these first you know 20 chapters of genesis um but okay so abimelech comes up again and it's a different person so it's just another way to confirm this is a title but Mm. okay so Mm -hmm. there are very interesting things about this story that are different from what happens with pharaoh so i think with Pharaoh, ooh, correct me if I'm wrong, Paige. Tell me, this true is that Pharaoh, the story with Pharaoh happened before the promise of uh, Abraham's seed. Okay, okay, so that's a big difference and that changes the interaction a bit. It also changes the interaction when you think about um, Pharaoh being, yeah. Maybe not. Was it? Ooh, okay. Let me, I'm gonna check, because I think, so I know that um, um, the deception, no, that's with Hagar. It very likely. Hagar is in the middle of it too, though. Yeah, Hagar is like chapter 
17 or 16 or something. Mm. Okay. Okay. God's promise to Abraham. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, Mel the Melchizedek story happens in 14. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Abraham is promised a son in 15. Yeah. And then Hagar happens. And then Hagar. Yeah. And then um, they haven't Circum had Isaac yet. Circumcision. But what, right. Hagar, then circumcision, then Abraham and Abimelech. Oh, between that, Sodom and Gomorrah. And then Abraham and Abimelech, the birth of Isaac. So, okay. This, the promise hasn't been fulfilled yet. So, yeah. Uh, but Ishmael does exist. So this happens to Pharaoh in chapter 12. Okay, um, so in chapter 12, I'm curious if we can do a little bit of a comparison. Um, so in chapter 12, he's going out and he's going toward the Negev and then uh, there's a famine and it was so severe that uh, they had to move or stay. They either had to move or stay because uh, the famine was so bad. They must have been on the move because verse 11 says, as he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they'll say, this is his wife and they'll kill me, but we'll let you live. Say you are my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. So when Abraham, no, whoops, when Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was a very beautiful woman. And, that, and when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh and she was taken into his palace. Uh, he treated Abram well for her sake, and Abram acquired, acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here's your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men. They sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. This is so, this is such a great, crazy story. I can't wait to talk about Exodus because this is just like mini Exodus. No, I'm really excited. <laughs> oh great. my gosh, it's so good. We'll go back to it in Exodus then, right? For sure, yeah. Let's talk so, about it next week. <laughs> next week. I love it. We, so, but there are like huge differences in this. I listened to R.C. Sproul Jr.'s like exposition of Abimelech, his encounter with Abimelech, not Pharaoh, but I mean, he compared them, obviously. Sure. And he said um, something interesting about returning to the same sin, like repeating yeah. your folly and yeah. how interesting that was that it was like a pit, like kind of God. <laughs> to put this in the narrative this this like early on in um in the first book <laughs> to give us kind of um an example that yes sin will keep popping up in our lives and we will always have to combat it but abraham was <laughs> the father of the faithful right like we're yeah. children of Abraham and even he repeated his folly right so it was like a picture of grace this early on is really cool um I liked that I appreciated that teaching from R.C. Sproul Jr. I think his name is but um Sproul the point I was getting at is that these are very different um and is it Abraham and Sarah yeah. during Abimelech's? Yeah. So even that small change is super interesting, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah, because they've been given the promise. They've already botched up 
their uh, <laughs> their obedience by and uh, and trust by trying to go about it their own way. But then God uses that to institute uh, institute His covenant to give His to make the covenant, mm-hmm. um, who, which the sign was circumcision. Um, so then again, even after all of that, <laughs> uh, gosh, there's so many differences. And I think, well, I'm obviously still working through it in my head um, about what I would want to really remember for instruction's sake, like sure, if for my children. So, I mean, I think the big things in this are that, um, so the big difference is that Pharaoh wasn't told by God that this right. was happening. Pharaoh was just given a sign. As far like, as we uh, know, because Pharaoh says, "Yeah, like, why have you done this out of nowhere? You know? Yeah, he does kind of do that out of nowhere, doesn't he? But the yeah. Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. Like, was that the only change? So he knew it was Sarai? Yeah. Couldn't have been in a kingdom, you know? I don't know. So we don't, we're not told specifically that he's explained, he's not told in any other way that we know, except through this inflicting, infliction of serious disease. Plagues. Plagues. No, serious disease. I mean, different. It's just one. No disease is. You're right, verse 17. Well, the it's different translations too. I mean, my translation says, but the Lord struck Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram, Abram's wife. Great plagues? What version are you in? I am curious. NASB. Oh, hey, I wonder. This is ESV. So yours Ooh. might be more. Wait a second. They're both word for word, aren't they? They're very similar translations. <laughs> so when okay, there's well, a difference, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah um but it doesn't have hmm it doesn't have any explanation over there but that's interesting so i would uh note that because in the story where abimelech learns of uh sarah being his wife and not just his sister it's because the lord gave him a dream the lord told him yes which and, is so uh, crazy. It's like foreshadowing again. Mm, ooh, ooh. But in I a mean, different explain that, yeah. Way. So foreshadowing the plagues for Pharaoh in Exodus. Tell no, me more. No, no, no. So so look, the Pharaoh story is is foreshadowing the Exodus. But this Abimelech one is foreshadowing other things. Okay. Um, See, this is interesting. Yeah um so then like i know i have to go back and find the abimelech story now i'm looking through genesis chapter 20 right chapter 20 yeah i've got them here side by side um yeah Mm -hmm. just the Mm -hmm. fact that god came to abimelech in a dream i mean i guess i guess he comes to pharaoh in a dream about what's going to come in the um joseph story but oh Oh, so what i'm thinking is lord will you kill a nation even though blameless it sounds like um abraham abraham and lot saving and sodom and gomorrah oh that's what abimelech says to the lord is that what happens? Yeah. Okay. Ooh. It, All right. He is a prophet. Abraham is a prophet. He will pray mm-hmm. and will live. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this one again so I can. So it's Abraham and Abimelech. Um. Abraham, starting in verse two, Abraham said of Sarah, Sarah at this point, his wife, she is my sister. 
and Abimelech, king of Gerar, Grar, sent, Grar. And took, <laughs> sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now Abimelech had not approached her, so he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, she is my sister, and she herself said, he is my brother? In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in the, in the dream, in the dream, they're still in the dream, okay. <laughs> yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart, and it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now then return the man's wife, for he is a prophet, so that he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not return her, know that you shall surely die and all who are yours. See, okay, there's so much in here, Paige, right? Yeah. <laughs> like what so I really, much. there's a lot of words in here that make me want to, I want to mm -hmm. do a word study and see what this story is hyperlinked to. I know. I know. Well, from the words, what's your verse seven say? Verse seven. Now then return the man's wife for he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you will live. But if you do not return her, know that you will certainly die and you, you and all who are yours. I think is that Super the same? Sounds right? the same. It is pretty much the same. This shalls are different. <laughs> Shall and will. Um, so Abimelech rose, start verse eight, early in the morning and called all his servants and told them all these things. And the men were very much afraid. <laughs> sure, right? Then Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, what have you done to us? <laughs> Sorry. And how have I sinned against you that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? You have done to me these things that ought not to be done. It's pretty good. Yeah. Like, just pretty honest. It's very good relationship <laughs> skills. Honesty. And Abimelech said to Abraham, what did you see that you did this thing? What did you see that you did this thing? Abraham said, I did it because yeah. I thought... There's no fear of God at all in this place. And they'll kill me because of my wife. <laughs> Besides, she's indeed my sister. Like, oh, saying like, no, I didn't lie. She is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, though not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, this is the kindness you must do to me at every place to which we come. Say of me, he is my brother. How interesting. So Verse 14, then Abimelech took the sheep and oxen and male servants and female servants and gave them to Abraham and returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, behold, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. To Sarah, he said, behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. It is a sign of your innocence in the eyes of all who are with you. And before everyone, you are vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech and also healed his wife and female slaves so that they bore children. Oh, yeah. Like this. The, okay. Hmm. For the Lord had closed all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Okay. And that's, that's the whole chapter. Chapter 20. Yeah. Are you like ankle deep in a word study right now? I mean, <laughs> kind of, yeah. It? So I'm like <laughs> all, I know. yeah, I'm going to do it between now and next time. Cause this is super interesting. Um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be relevant. So what it is, is the fact that this translation actually has all these little footnotes about how words are translated that okay. they had to yeah. choose, you know, it's like, oh, Excellent. this word is written here, but footnote. And then you go down and you're like, oh, that's weird. Um, but the fact that they use the word seen and look so right. many times is a big yeah. one for me. The garden so I, yeah. takes you right back. 
Yeah. Well, it's about the sin, but then when you it uses the word sin and he's vindicated and innocent and yeah, the difference. I, yeah, it's just all the things. I'm trying to figure out what's going on here. Dwell is one of the words, which is crazy. Dwell is one of the words that could have been in place of what? Settle. Or Settle. Oh. It says, behold, my land is before you. Dwell wherever you please. Oh. But okay. it's actually, it's actually Let's dwell settle. wherever is good in your sight. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Because that phrase is said a lot about, people say that about God, like do whatever is good and let him do whatever is good. In yeah. People, everybody did what was good in their sight, you know, and that's. Oh, not, and that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like the authority is given to him. Right. Somehow. Yeah. That's the good in your sight thing versus the good in versus good in God's sight, you know, sort of like. Yeah. 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 Yeah interesting okay so i'm gonna totally so, study this between probably just right after the podcast because <laughs> i can't do it right now <laughs> yeah no totally i am not i'm not too sad that that didn't happen though because we have another thing that i wanted to ask you about if you've yeah. ever looked into the sword in the garden but i mean well the flaming me... sword yes the flaming sword that turns every which way. Yeah. Have you looked into that already? So I've been in your life. So I've it's come up in um other like Bible podcasts I've been listening to. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Well, before we before I jump into those thoughts, yeah. I didn't want to close off our our own time in Genesis. Have you I mean with your kids too, I guess. In our notes, it just says things. <laughs> I know. I know. Really, really, Christine, the only thing that's been going on is I've been sick all the time because I'm pregnant. pregnant. Uh, <laughs> Yay. I don't think I've said it on the so podcast great. yet. Hey, everybody on the podcast. <laughs> you probably already know, but I'm pregnant. Surprise pregnant. I found out on my birthday, which was like two weeks ago now, at least. Yeah, more than two weeks ago. <laughs> but I've been having a lot of morning sickness, so I've been lucky to. This is yeah. Be upright. <laughs> Good choice of words in a lot of ways. Be upright. So no, Paige. I also feel like uh, when you're pregnant, you're just unable to. Yet you have so many things going on in your body and in your head right like now new thoughts are invading your mind space oh my gosh i'm gonna have to get diapers Mm -hmm. nursery wow potty training is gonna happen i'm gonna have to far removed from this for a few years i'm gonna have to separate out so much of my life just to feeding this baby just feeding and then also putting down and picking up for naps and like all the just so many i'm gonna need a stroller again i don't have strollers my kid is seven my youngest kid is seven i don't have any strollers it's a lot (laughs) i've i a lot of things pop into my head and i'm like okay this is a big okay (laughs) i'm interested if you have strategies to share like in the not necessarily right now but in the coming weeks i would love to know if you come up with any strategies to combat just the noise that pregnancy causes in life. Like, cause a lot of people get pregnant and then they're just like full of anxiety at the same time as they're full of like joy and whatever, which isn't a bad thing at all. It's pretty healthy to be (laughs) concerned for things. Right, right, right. But how to keep it from taking over your, you know, daily life. I feel like you're mindful of that. Mm, I think and what I would want to learn from your strategies. The only thing I have to say about it is I've done this before. So my anxiety right. is a lot lower. You know, I'm like, yes, it I do help. have to get a You're stroller, right. but I've learned that I I'll have a stroller and it will be fine. And oh, that's something, <laughs> that's right? That's it. <laughs> like, you know, I heard an argument for just this, these very passages. Um 
of why Abraham, Abram at the time and Abraham later would lie. Like, why would he lie? And the argument that I had heard was that he didn't trust God. And so the point being like what, but he is the person we know as the person who trusts God, right? Like, right. Person we know as the person who trusts God. So like, whether or not that was a moment of weakness or calculated strategy, right? Like, I know God will preserve me. Maybe it's because you're my sister and we have this out. Yeah. (laughs) But the text is pretty clear that in both cases, Abram was wrong, but very like it still didn't just it doesn't remove god's sovereignty over the situation and it was still perfectly used so even in our anxiety we can definitely remember well and culture too the other thing is Mm -hmm. when i whenever i read this story immediately my mind is like what in the world this is not even in the realm of possibility today (laughs) like oh sure (laughs) what in the world culture could this have been was this normal like I just want to learn more like is this a normal thing is this like what is to give this excuse yeah like like, okay well he assumes like oh if you tell them you're my sister they'll shower me with gifts like never in my life would I go somewhere with my brother and he would be like make sure you let everybody know that you're my sister <laughs> so that I receive the gifts I deserve for being your brother. You know what I mean? Like, that's not I don't know going to be in know. someone's mindset. Like, why? <laughs> what sort of place is this? What sort of world do they live in where that's like a thing? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So I always have those thoughts. And I'm like, what? So Ooh, I don't, funny. I don't know. Like, I, I mean, this it's gotta story, be. I'd never have any idea. It's like that's what you know you're taught by culture is to just be like, yeah, totally tell everybody that this is your sister because everybody knows brothers <laughs> get the goods, yeah. you know, like what? I think it's the whatever is like to apply it to, to today, whatever your sure. cultural ad- advantage is, like that you would put that forward in order to get more or be safe spared your some sort of your that you're like position you know oh i'm the ceo of this place you know or like here's my business card i'm a but (laughs) i don't know you fail to tell them that you're the ceo of your own little like home-based etsy store yeah right (laughs) i'm a ceo and the only person working there (laughs) right so it's like also i'm the janitor (laughs) but you would leave out yeah (laughs) this is like most most people would aspire to this job nowadays which is interesting isn't that funny yes (laughs) i would love i'd love that job yeah either way (laughs) but yeah just to flaunt the the part that's most valuable yeah. in from the most valuable bit of information and leave out the other parts that are maybe not going to profit you yeah well and everybody's response the... too is like oh she's your sister donkeys oxen slave like <laughs> that's super funny what oh you're the ceo <laughs> of a textile company oh yeah I you're a, a major sheep influencer I'm yeah right yeah free yeah, clothes yeah. choose an outfit yeah <laughs> you know what I mean it's like that's yeah, exactly. what's going on exactly. here I guess let me I send guess. you my book so you can promote it yeah <laughs> but let me send you my camels <laughs> well that would be to gain favor and yeah maybe have a chance with the sister hey let everybody know that this nation is generous <laughs> so there you go when they come here or that they will come here you know i guess i don't know it's so it's just well maybe 
It was also super interesting <laughs> that he made a big show of her innocence. Like Abimelech made sure that Sarah was protected in all of that, her mm-hmm. reputation and her honor or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was super interesting. <laughs> yes. What did he give her for what did he what was given for that? Innocence? I'm looking. I'm looking. Yeah, like this will show everyone that you're innocent and uh Nothing happened here. Nothing happened here. <laughs> um, I've given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. It is your vindication yes. before all who were with, who are with you and before everyone you are cleared. Cleared. What? <laughs> like, so um, weird. Sarah didn't bring the house down kind of thing. Yeah. It, it's interesting right it's super but weird the last thing about this particular story is that at this point the promise is given so had sarah had some sort of like child during yeah. this time frame it would have been in question forever is sure. the other point yeah i guess that was so. pointed out to me yeah so like how interesting <laughs> that there's like a huge show that like no any child this person has and that they were barren that his whole household was like yeah left for a time yes that's a that's <laughs> another i can't wait i can't wait to get off and right. go jump into blue letter bible and just be like What's right happening? yeah <laughs> totally that's what i did with this flaming sword passage i got really Ooh. so let me tell you what happened that brought me to the flaming sword passage yeah um so thinking of it did start from Abimelech like I was looking into Abimelech and I think the idea of justice just started coming out all week in my life um and because you see that going on here in these stories of like there's payment for things and plagues for things there's like yeah (laughs) there's definitely this uh justice piece to these stories justice and um a weird conversation happened this week about spanking and just kind of like it then it that put me in the mindset of um sin someone said kids aren't going to understand anything about justice and mercy when they're kids and I was like okay I guess you know, there's something to that, but what happens? Yes, an 18 month old will not have any idea. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. But you're not, you're not spanking an 18 month old. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. (laughs) Look, there comes a threshold that I think maybe needs to be defined, maybe not because it's so individual too. Some kids never need to be spanked. Some kids, I mean, and need isn't even quite the right word. Some kids will never be spanked. Some kids will be spanked too much (laughs) and Uh some kids will be spanked and it'll either make a difference or it won't. Like, uh, anyway, so the idea that kids won't understand that led me to this thought that, you know, even though they don't understand it, what happens in our childhoods uh, inform our lives like later, like not, and also very individual, like, if, so I was spanked as a child and I remember being spanked in an unjust situation. Mm-hmm. My mother had called down the hallway. Of, so she said, do you have your socks on? But my brother and I didn't hear the name and our, our names sound very similar. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my brother answered, yes. And we're both little kids. So our voices sound the same, like, sure. even though, whatever. So I remember thinking, I'm not sure she said your name. And so I start walking down the hallway because I don't have my socks on. <laughs> sure. So I start walking down the hallway and my mom sees me in the hallway and just erupts. She's uh, so mad because yes. I, I, she thought I lied and right. she took a hairbrush and Oof. spanked me. And yeah. I remember thinking how this is so unfair yeah. This is so unfair, yeah. but I look at it back now on my life 
in my life. That wasn't the, her, her principle of do not lie. Like that was the important thing that I got out of it. And oh. that was consistent outside of any discipline. Like she didn't lie. Like or she confessed it, especially if it was to her family, right? Like she would confess it. And yeah. the point was don't lie. And God is sovereign and used what was intended for harm. I'm sure the enemy just wanted us all to be divided and mm. hate each other, right? So anyway, I think back on that memory now, not as a damaged person who thinks that's so unfair that that's happened, how dare she? But yeah. no, I think of it like, wow, I'm so glad and thankful to that. But that was a guiding principle in her life that she could pass on into my life. And even though that happened, she was so upset and grieved that she did that. And I got to witness that. I got to witness her say sorry. I got to witness so much reconciliation. And that's all we can expect from a broken world. Like that's, yeah. that's all we're going to get. And it's mercy that we even get that. So yeah. anyway, I have lots of thoughts about spanking and not that I'm advocating it, advocating for it or not, just that it's not, it's not so, you know, cut and dry for everyone. Right. Yes. It's not well, fair. That, yeah. It's to funny. Say, it's don't just... spank your kid when you have no idea. <laughs> like, I don't know. I get, well, I guess like it's, it's about encouraging moms to go back to God and seek his guidance, not the world's right. guidance. Don't right. listen to everyone around you because everyone's going to say something different. Like just don't violate your conscience. That's so important. If you feel called not to spank, don't. Yeah. Done. <laughs> right. But I don't know. Sorry. I feel like you were going to say something, but I was all nope. fired up. I don't know. To I mean, I was going to, I was, what I was going to say to spanking was like, I try to not spank because I don't know how my kids are going to take it. Children all are going to take it differently. You know what I mean? It's like, sometimes we'll have a story like yours where it's like, boom, spanking was not hurtful in any way in that situation. Um, But that was a matter of my heart, my individual life with God. At that point, he already had a grip on me. I had already said my confession that I believed like he was working on me yeah and he worked in me the rest of my life how old were you praise God I was in like first grade first or second grade or something like at an age when I should be able to have my socks on before breakfast (laughs) sure (laughs) sure (laughs) but like I do remember that and I remember it was like it was super early that I believed in God Mm -hmm. and then you know it's not like um well okay sorry it's, yeah so it's all to say but, you don't know yeah yeah you don't know because I yeah I mean yeah because would the yeah. story in your mind be different if your mom hadn't spanked you you know what I mean if you'd walked down the hall and she'd been calm and said I thought I heard you say that you had your socks on but you don't oh What's happening? you know what I mean and you would have said it would have been less memorable for sure <laughs> yeah less memorable (laughs) but not that I had to remember it sure none of that had to happen but like the holocaust didn't have to happen (laughs) I don't that's a super terrible example (laughs) well that escalated quickly (laughs) no evil ever has to happen except that we are in a fallen world and we can't expect anything none of us no one is good not one right Right. so it's just it's hard to expect someone to feel so strongly that someone is bad because they spanked their child. Right. Like that's not, it's not, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Anyway, that brought me back to the garden. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Woo, okay. to the garden okay Here we go. to the garden and the thing I remember from childhood in my uh bible my picture bible mm-hmm. your 
baby first bible whatever yeah, yeah i remember a picture of angels outside of the garden and there was a sword a flaming sword and adam and eve kind of hunched over each other walking away really sad in their fur <laughs> coat right yeah <laughs> it was like this picture stayed with me but I haven't thought about that part of the story in a long time because it's not in many kids' Bibles nowadays. Like that little detail isn't there. And it made me start thinking, why? And is this detail even important? It must be significant if it's in the Bible. So I just want to remember to carry that detail into the story with my kids because Mm. I looked up some of the words, the flaming sword. And... um, it's in a way it's a picture of to okay so I don't know I don't know but I'm thinking it's a it's a picture of God um and I would argue the son <laughs> that it's a picture of Jesus right especially the the phrase turning every way when I looked that up and did the short very abbreviated word study <laughs> yeah on that phrase um it's it's that word is often used to as overthrown like turned every Mm. way overthrow and how the whole point of jesus is to overthrow the curse right right yeah and also that jesus is the door the he is the door and no one can come to the father who is his presence in the garden except through him and this is the entrance and he is a sword (laughs) right okay so then there's a progression of jesus is the living word the word of life the word is a double-edged sword and all of that imagery wrapped up in a flaming sword is like interesting right now i didn't find any that could be that's i don't know neither here nor there i guess but it it encouraged me the thought that the garden is still the promise yeah. like perfect unity nothing holding us apart from god is the promise and jesus is that way you know i don't yeah. know yeah, i feel yeah, like yeah. You, are you doing a word study i'm looking totally at the words something else oh. no i'm look, yeah i'm looking at the words Ah, it's interesting right yeah it's I just wish I had put more time into it before this um I just thought of it this morning I was like you know what there are angels cherubim which the mercy seat is has two cherubim right 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 right. so then that drew another picture of Jesus and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) what an interesting thought um yeah I mean revelation describes Jesus has a sword coming from his mouth yeah. And yeah. so that's not quite the same thing as being a sword, but right. comes with a sword. Right. So the sword doesn't necessarily. So it's like it's the flames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the so the um the swords, it's like the swords re- represent strife. Like they can't just walk back into the garden, you know? Yeah. And no, and the yep. and the swords are like um well so the flame the flaming word i saw that did you see that it also means like enchanted also yeah. it's only used one other place in the a... bible i know in exodus in, in exodus. exodus yeah yeah no this was super interesting right yeah and it was the other people trying to use their magic. yeah the magicians of egypt thank you <laughs> yeah 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 super weird they right? were doing something in a like manner with their enchantments which is the word right there mm-hmm. the word it's the same word yeah flaming flaming <laughs> or enchant- enchanted sword enchanted enchanted so, <laughs> yeah it's, it's so bizarre so it's like it is bizarre i'd like to just, dig uh, a little deeper yeah and luckily we're going into exodus next so we can <laughs> true yeah but yeah no it's it says a lot you know because the the sword you know if it's like you live by the sword then you'll die by the sword comes to mind and then yeah the the flame and esau esau's blessing 
is that he will live by the sword. Yes, right. Isn't that yes. crazy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, anyway, it is. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Trips and me up. this word me for <laughs> this word, actually, I've been looking for this word for turning every way or whatever. Right, 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 right. Um, you said how it like means to overthrow. I noticed that it also means to transform oneself, which sounds a lot like repent. Yes. Right? Turn. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so interesting, right? It's very interesting. And I've actually been very curious about the first time repenting comes up because in Genesis, at the beginning at least, nobody is repenting for their sin. Adam and Eve don't repent. Oh. Cain doesn't repent. Like nobody repents. And so I'm like, who's the first person? <laughs> Is it David all the way in David? It can't be. It's got to be someone else. So I'm trying, I'm trying to find who the person, who the first person is repent. And what's crazy is you're not going to find the word repent. It's like, you're going to be like, apologize or admitting that you've done something wrong, you know, just (gasps) confessing. So there's a thing. Maybe this is unrelated. No. What? I don't know how much. Okay. I don't know how much it is actually related, but um, listening to this Bible study by verse by verse ministries international, I feel like I have to say it. So just like, who are you listening to (laughs) this guy, Stephen Armstrong? (laughs) So, and I, I feel like I've gotten a lot out of it. So the, um, when Adam first names woman, he just calls her woman. And he, Eve comes, Eve, the name, uh, it's not Lilith, Lilith or whatever, <laughs> just kidding, but he does say woman. And then after they are given the apple or apple, the fruit, the not the fruit, the tree of yeah, the fruit, the fruit. Of, yeah. whatever, thank you. They are, you know, they sew their fig leaves together and hide from God, even though pretty pointless. And then he gives them these consequences, puts the earth under a curse, the serpent especially under a curse, and yeah. uh, tells the woman and man that now their life is full of strife. Like they will painfully toil the land and they will in pain give birth to children. Right. And uh, oh, after that's that, a whole thing when, too. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> after that is when Adam then says, Oh, so, and that's when the first kind of messianic promise is given, right? The, yeah, the seed of the woman, for sure. Yeah. And after knowing that it's the seed of the woman through which redemption will come hmm. and the t- curse will be turned over, overturned, <laughs> reversed, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That's when Adam changes the e- woman's name to Eve, mm. like knowing that she will bear life. Yeah. And so that is what this... That's cool. what this Stephen Armstrong, this teacher, thinks is the first moment of faith in the promise. And I don't know if that has anything to do with repentance, because that repenting is repenting is turning from sin. Yeah. Right. Admitting right. sin. Yeah. Happened. Yep. And turning from it. So maybe this is a show of repentance that that was wrong. We accept our lot in life because we acknowledge it was wrong (laughs) and now we trust in this new promise that there is redemption maybe is where the first which would be an interesting way to show it with a sword that repents people repents people turns people away yeah right i don't know (laughs) (laughs) no i want to look at it more it's interesting yeah 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 Hmm. And then after that, they're given the animal skins. Like that was the right. That was the first sacrifice, and it's kind of a small picture of uh, covering, you know. Yeah. Which we get through repentance. What? No. Um, No. No. (laughs) Maybe I don't. Our covering is in our faith. Our faith in the promise but you know what's really interesting about receiving clothes is that uh recently a friend of mine told me that she um 
was praying about her son and um, she was, you know, praying about how she, it didn't seem like he'd really sinned and he didn't really like she couldn't understand why repentance and salvation and all that was necessary for a young innocent life or some, something like that sure, and yeah. her her message that she received from the lord is you still dress your children put clothes on as a oh. sign of sin right like because adam and eve were naked oh. all the time in the garden and then god said you have to wear clothes after this so it's like Oh. wearing clothes is like a show of the presence of sin and the fallen world wow. sure so anyways how what a wow it's amazing she was receptive to that yeah like that seems very humble yeah <laughs> well really i mean she was in prayer <laughs> about it specifically i guess so. you can be humble and pray no just kidding <laughs> i know you can be proud and fair oh yeah that example of the thanks that i'm not like that guy yeah right yes <laughs> thanks that i don't have to wear clothes <laughs> thank you god that i'm not a tax collector <laughs> ew <laughs> i'm a ceo and janitor <laughs> okay. uh, i'm um, accounts receivable <laughs> that's all we have for today Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear from you. We're on Facebook and Instagram if you can find us. <laughs> We're also uh, blogging really hard part-time, hardcore part-time blog at colorandcompany.com. The letter N after the word color color and company.com you can also reach us at color and company blog at gmail.com the word and we love you guys pray for us yes <laughs> we're, we're praying, praying for you yes bye, bye. <laughs>